Now there's that anticipation from Amalusi that we might see a drop in the matric pass rates. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I would imagine that Umalusi knows what they're talking about and they have indicated that there will be a drop in the pass rate and have suggested possible reasons for that in terms of the standards of the question papers and also have discounted the idea that we can blame this on the idea that learners have been progressed whether or not they, they passed in grade 11. Um, so I think we need to wait and see. I think we don't know yet if this is a trend or whether this is an, a one-off an anomaly. And, and you know, I don't think we can say with, with any certainty how we can account for that. I think uh, what it does point to, though, is that maybe it's time that we began to move away from an obsession with pass rates to begin to think about how learners are doing in individual subjects uh, and what the subject um, progression is over the years rather than this basket of matric that we, as we currently know it. Now at 6 o'clock the Minister will announce those results and we all waited with bated breath, including the matriculants which will only probably get it a little bit later. But looking at the situation, you talked about progression. Is, is that perhaps a uh, um, something that the, the Department of Education has embarked on in order to uh, propel the learners forward, which is perhaps negative in a sense, that, 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 uh, that, that, that uh, sort of lend these learners to be vulnerable when they get to matric and not fully prepared? So I think what we need to be um, very aware about is that matric is the end of 12 years of education and that to look at the grade 10, 11 and 12 years and say that interventions there are going to make a big difference is actually is erroneous. I think we need to be thinking that we need to look at uh, early childhood development and education. Even before that, what is the quality of nutrition that our children are, are, are enjoying, health care? So you know, do we know that our children are coming into school without cognitive impairments as a result of malnutrition? They're coming in without ear infections that leads to loss of hearing. They're then in the foundation phase, grade one and two and three, and are actually progressing at the levels that they should do. There's been some research that uh, colleagues at the University of Stellenbosch have recently published where they've been able to show that uh, learners, by the time they're in grade four, pretty well predicting whether or not they're going to get a bachelor qualification at matric level. In other words, that by grade four, the profile of those who will go on and be successful at school and those who will not is pretty well uh, has been settled by then. Mm -hmm. And so while I think it is important to think about grade 10 and 11 and 12, particularly because that is the time when we have the highest number of learners leaving school, mm -hmm. leaving early, and I think the temptation is that that's where we need the intervention is to think you know, that that's crucial and I'm not saying it's not important, mm -hmm. but we also need to look back into the system as a whole. Have we perhaps neglected early childhood development uh, for that matter in, pre in preparing our children for for the schooling careers? I do think, I, I think there is a lot of attention on early childhood education and I think a lot of people are very conscious of it and there's been a lot of emphasis on it. So I don't think we've neglected it, but I think we, we really need to give it more prominence, perhaps uh, shift the emphasis from what we're doing now at the end of matric to say, putting the same kind of uh, emphasis on what we're doing much earlier on looking at um, maths levels, literacy levels um, as, as learners are much younger. And then looking at practices that um, lead to learners dropping out early or leaving school early. We know what some of those issues are. We know that when learners are retained 
throughout their school career without getting the kind of remedial support that they need, they are more likely to leave school early. So I think that, you know, there's a lot that we can look at across the system. Analysts also suggest that early childhood development um, together with mother tongue education is probably something that we should pay more attention to in order to prepare our children for, for high learning. Absolutely. I think, I think the, the jury is, uh, has come back saying that, that mother tongue education certainly in the early years is vital for, for cognitive development and, um, and serves an important foundation. Now the quality of basic education is also, also often called into question with some of the results um, and that's filtering through the education with some disastrous results when these kids go to, uh, to higher education. What do you think needs to happen to improve that? Does it start with early childhood development and move up? I don't think there's a silver bullet. I think one of the things that we, we neglect is if we think if we can find the one thing that if we just did that, if we um, bring in paperless schools, then we'll, we'll shift things. If we, have, if we provide meals at school, then we'll shift things. I don't think there's a silver bullet. I think we've got to have a multi-pronged approach that, that addresses our issues at every single level. And I think we can't uh, forget the fact that our South African education system is deeply unequal mm -hmm. and that uh, the matric results will yet again attest to the fact that our children from wealthier backgrounds, more affluent um, homes, attending quintile four and five schools will do better. They will be the children who will go to um, into higher education. Uh, there is an absolute correlation between having school resources, family resources, um, and doing better in school, and we know that. And something has to happen that begins to break those cycles of inequality because we are we are perpetuating that inequality as, as things stand at the moment. Is that perhaps a suggestion that I hear that inclusive education is perhaps the panacea for what we're looking for? Nope. I just don't think one thing is the panacea, but I do think... I do think an inclusive education system where teachers are truly responsive to the learning needs of all of their learners begins to shift our mindset from saying that I'm here to teach the average learner and if they don't cope then they must go somewhere else to saying I'm responsible for the learning of every single child in my class that might go some way to begin to shift things, yes. We are in discussion with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Walton, a senior lecturer in inclusive education at the Witz School of Education.